Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Reeve Jones, Jones Own Podcast. Back here in episode four. I know it's taken a little two-week hiatus, and I, trust me, I've hated it more than I hope you guys have. But a lot of stuff happened in the realm of college football, realm of NFL, and we're about to get into the MLB playoffs. So I'm actually going to try something different on this episode, and I won't have a host. It'll just be me solely. Just, you know, just brief episode, just getting some things across. Need to recap and been pretty anxious this week to get episode out so finally doing it before the weekend hits but yeah like i said just solo episode here gonna recap a ton of stuff and with that said i'm, I'm glad to get back into it so let's do it welcome back reeves jones here Friday, October 7th, got some, already had an MLB wildcard game go off, Guardians got the W, and sitting here watching the Phillies and Cardinals game, really excited to see some October baseball, I know it's important for a lot of you, you know, not big baseball fans like I am to, you know, October baseball is always good tradition, always really fun, a lot of chaos goes on, that stuff, but really looking forward to the, the playoffs starting, and you know, we're deep, we're deep, we're getting deep into college football, like I said, so we're going to start off with some college football Go through, you know, the biggest games of the week. First game I'm going to start off, Arkansas-Mississippi State. And, you know, the Hogs, one of my, you know, one of my favorite teams going in the year. I was big on them. However, K.J. Jefferson, you know, roughed up last week. I mean, they got they got thumped last week, even though, you know, Alabama probably wasn't at, you know, their highest, you know, their highest speed, whatnot. But they ran. Jameer Gibbs, I mean, he looked phenomenal. I was fantastic. But, you know, the biggest thing in this game is spreads nine and a half. And, you know, honestly, like Mississippi State at, at home in this in this uh, matchup because, I don't know, Mike Leach, Air Raid, I just, I love it. And they, they have they have the offense, which Arkansas does not have. And, you know, I think in this new realm of how football is trending and whatnot, I think that offense is the way to go. And if, you're, if, if I'm seeing a spread at nine and a half, I mean, that's just got to be telling me this game is going to be high scoring and Mississippi State is going to put a lot of points on Arkansas I don't know, some, some mid-year struggles, you know, early in the season still for the Hogs. You know, I think they'll bounce back. They've had a tough stretch, tough stretch here at at uh, at AM, tough tough two-point loss. Uh Bama last week, I mean that's just struggle on its end, but I doubt they'll bounce bounce back here against Mike Leach's air raid offense. Mississippi State, love, love all over them right now. They're playing really good football. TCU at Kansas. So, you know, Kansas, wow, I mean I'm who, who loves that? I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm here for the Jayhawks. Kansas is getting points at home. The second sellout, sellout of the season. Pretty pretty impressive for the Kansas Jayhawks. Jalen Daniels, you know, he's in the highs and watch. Not really, but Kansas, I mean, they look like a really good football team. They look like a Big 12 team. They put up a ton of points. They, they're, just, they're a good football team right now. However, their opponent, TCU Horned Frogs, are a little bit hotter right now, in my opinion. They just blew out. I mean, absolutely thumped Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, made a joke out of them. There's some lingering problems there that are pretty frustrating. I mean, you know, Venable, Brett Venables, D.C. at Clemson comes over and can't even get the defense to the side of the ball straight um, for the Oklahoma Sooners, let alone their I mean, offense. They don't even have a you know capable quarterback, and they lost a ton this year. But, I mean, just – I don't know. Oklahoma is going through a lot of struggles right now, and you know in that game, they Red River. I mean, I just don't see them bouncing back. I mean, the spread seven in Texas' favor. 
And Texas is going to win. Texas is going to win this football game. Quinn Ewers is coming back. He's going to start. I think they're going to thump them. I mean, they're, they have no confidence right now. Texas is playing decent football. But I just think more of the current state of the Oklahoma Sooners program is just I, – I don't know. Venables, they, like they seem like a lost cause right now. They're letting up so many damn points. It's unreal. I like, I like Texas to win here. However, you know, it's a rivalry matchup. I expect it to be a fairly close game. Tennessee at LSU. So, in fact, I'll be making the road trip next weekend to, t- uh, to Knoxville to watch the Alabama Crimson Tide take on Tennessee Volunteers. You know, this could actually be I, – I, I, I'm just really pulling for Tennessee this weekend because I want the atmosphere. I want, I want a top-10 matchup in Neyland. I, I want to see that. I'm all over that. That's what, I, that's what I watch college football for. It's why we get up on Saturdays and go to CBS at 3.30, straight up. We love it. Tennessee at LSU, Death Valley. Brian Kelly's got the boys back playing, I'll say. They've looked pretty good. Pretty sleazy performance against Auburn, however. But this Tennessee team is going to face a real tough test going on the road here. I mean, the spread is only three. You know, you feel like this Tennessee offense is pretty capable. The Tennessee defense has some glaring holes. Secondary, I mean, it, I think this game is going to be a shootout, and it's going to come down to the – I think who has the ball last, honestly. But it's going to be touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. So I don't see it. I mean, the total's already gone up a point and a half from 63 and a half to 65, and I still think that's going to go over. I mean, I really just want Tennessee to get the W so we can go back and you know have even more confidence against Alabama Crimson Tide come next weekend. I think that will be college game day without a doubt. I'm really, gl- I'm really liking this Tennessee team, though, so far. I think it's really cool to see – a non-power. I mean, hopefully for now, fingers crossed that Tennessee could, you know, eventually be in in Atlanta um, at the end of the season in the SEC championship. But I don't know. Still got some glaring holes in defense for the Volunteers, but really hoping they pull off a W here. But do really like that over. A lot of a lot of offense to be had in that game. Going to move over to the Pac-12 a little bit. We had Utah at UCLA. UCLA had a pretty convincing W last week against Washington, a team who had you know shown a lot of a capable offensive prowess behind Michael Penix Jr. Really liking what Washington's doing with their program. Um, their new coach has instilled you know a lot of offense, offensive technique and specialization to where you know we're not seeing this old school Washington football team that you know a lot of defense and kind of run first mentality. You know Penix Jr.'s you know leading the nation or was I think he still is in passing yards and that's it's kind of funny to see from Washington, but. Tough, tough bounce back spot here for UCLA coming off of you know really really good performance by their quarterback um, in that Washington game, but this Utah team is you know I was big on them from the start of the year. I love Kyle Whittingham, their coach. Cameron Rising's pretty capable quarterback. I just think UCLA is yes USC has you know the star power, the star coach, whatnot. But I think this Utah team you know they're more experienced in how to play. They're more together, more unionized group of guys, and they're. They're uh, they're minus three and a half going going to L.A. and I think they easily easily take care of the Bruins. I mean they're starting to come together. Yeah, they had the tough loss against Florida in the Swamp, but you know who's going to come in week one off training camp, off all this noise, and you know handle the Florida environment. But I, I think Utah's you know going going in the right direction from now on. I think they're the best team in Pac-12, like I said, and they'll take care of UCLA. Um, and then we're moving some ACC. 
So, the, you know, my home team, UNC, Cha- uh, Chapel Hill Tar Heels, uh, great W last week against Virginia Tech. Really, really looked great. You know, it was really satisfying to see that. Uh, you know, I was there for the game and didn't didn't really fr- flinch at all about what we were doing offensively and defense. Really looked impressive. And, you know, that could have been due in part to uh, the Virginia Tech struggles. I mean, they are literally – they're in a rebuild right now. And, you know, I always – you know, it's hard to grasp, you know, having ACC teams as dynasties or – know big football programs but VT is you know they are a football program that's what they're known for especially you know with their legacy and history whatnot and but they're they're a terrible team right now they're I don't know I mean the whole Fuente situation has gone poorly I just they're gonna need years of recruiting to get back where they need but you know UNC going to Miami um not not sure what to feel not sure what to feel about this game Games at four o'clock. Going to be a little bit later game for the heels. Could could help us out a little bit, but you know Miami's not going to draw a huge crowd in Hard Rock. Usually never do Miami sports fans, but it's a tough test. Miami, you know they have they're probably a more talented roster in the situation. Probably a little, little bit more better coach with Mario Cristobal behind the helm now. So I don't know. I think we're Drake May is playing phenomenally well. I think we could pull off a W, but I'm not very confident just given. The talent Miami has on both sides of the ball. However, Miami has had a lot of time off coming off a, you know, just honestly embarrassing, embarrassing home loss, Middle Tennessee State. I mean, they're losing as 20-plus point underdogs to a less capable team at home. They weren't even leading the entire game. So that's a little bit more optimistic, but they're going to be fired up and have a lot, you know, to be desired and, you know, feasting on this UNC defense. But – I'm confident the heels right now. I think we're playing really well. Hopefully, we can keep it going. We have FSU at NC State. FSU struggled mightily last week against Wake and just didn't look great at all. I mean, Wake brought a ton of pressure, um, and it's I just don't I don't know. FSU's heading to Raleigh. NC State also looked pretty pretty poor last weekend. Devin Leary, I mean, he just doesn't look like a capable capable quarterback at all. I mean, they could not move the ball down the field at all. Like, no big plays, just trying to run the ball. And the Clemson defensive front just out. There's more. There's better physically and just shoved, shoved uh, the state line around all day. And I don't know. The state team's still getting up a lot of buzz. I know they are They are a well-coached team, and they have a lot of great players. But, I mean, I don't think Florida State comes in here and upset, given how you know good NC, how well NC State plays at home. But... It'll be a good game. I, I don't. I doubt it'll be a blowout, just given NC State's offensive struggles at the moment. But last last game, I'll bounce that bounce back into uh, the SEC. A and M going back to going to Bama last year. You know, big storyline. Bama did lose to the twelfth man in College Station last year, and that's that's a huge revenge spot in in its own. So Bryce Young roughed up a little bit last week. In that game and landed on a shoulder pretty weird. That's it's a little shaky going into it. And you know the thing thing about this game is you know Jimbo and Saban, you know national championship coaches, very worthy, you know, very you know very prominent college football coaches. But this A and M offense is just nowhere to be seen all year. And if you're going to face the best defense, best defense arguably in the nation, then your your offense is not going to come through. And I just don't think. A&M is going to be able to score enough to hang with Bama. Bama, you know, their offense will manage, make adjustments, 
I know Texas A&M defense is pretty scrappy, but I just don't see how A&M would keep this game close at all. I know it's, I mean, Bama, you know, they want to beat them. Saban wants to beat Jimbo. I'm, no, all that, all that shit this summer with, you know, Saban saying they paid for our players. Saban will not lose to Jimbo Fisher is what I'm saying. He, it's, it's a bad look on his character if he loses again, and he's not going to let that happen. He's got the better, Saban's got the better football team, and A&M's just a bit of a mess right now. So, I like Bama, like him, like him on blowout. So, I think that's going to wrap us up for college football. But, you know, week six already now, talking to some of my buddies here, I mean, it, it's, tr- it's truly been great. I mean, it's it's been great to see the heels looking a lot better. But, you know, if we look back at some of my over-under picks from the start of the season, you know, two or three are looking pretty solid. And that is the Houston underwinds. I'm not really sure the state of their program right now. I know they had a really ugly loss to Tulane the other week. And then my over Arkansas, I'm still of a number, but that is also looking pretty good. Like I talked about earlier, I think Arkansas will start getting back on track with some weaker SEC opponents coming up soon. It's a tough stretch in their schedule. I expected it, but looking good on those fronts. But really excited for this week to come, and we're gonna get right back in the we're gonna get right into the NFL right here. So really excited. All right, so headed right back in the NFL. I know I get a lot of crap for this, but. I know Trent Lamar, the guest in my second episode, agrees with me on this front. I just think the NFL and its storylines and its all its narratives are just way more interesting than college football. Yes, you can't beat walking into Brian Danny Stadium on a Sunday. I understand. I understand. SEC atmospheres are much different, more, more traditional. But the NFL and its narratives are just so much more interesting, in my opinion. I love the NFL so much, is what, is what I'm saying. So in this section, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement a new section called The Juice with Jones, which will basically be my five favorite picks against the spread for this upcoming week. So really looking forward to that. But we're first going to start off with last night's, I mean, absolute snooze fest of a Thursday night football. I mean, the NFL does a great job literally putting the worst game, like the worst teams and worst games on Thursday night football. That There's no... No, no debate in that. I mean, Thursday night football honestly sucks. And you get so excited about it because you get football early in the week. But it sucks. I mean, they need to do something about it. But Colts and Broncos, I mean, there were zero touchdowns scored. Zero touchdowns. I mean, I could, not de- I, I, I could not deal with the game. I mean, luckily I did not have a side or whatnot. Didn't have a lot of fantasy, fantasy guys going in that game. Just sat Russell Wilson. I mean, I think it's fair to say at this point that I'm going to point out, I was just completely wrong about the Broncos and miserably wrong about the Broncos. I had the Broncos winning the AFC West, and honestly, like, they, they're they probably going to finish last. I mean, they already lost to the Raiders. That's our, They're probably going to lose. I mean, I just don't know how they're going to do in the division. They are just not in sync. They have no offense. Russell Wilson, I mean, I was the biggest anti-Russell Wilson guy absolutely ever going it. Like, when he played in the Seahawks, I mean, yes, it was biased because – I hated seeing Russell Wilson do so well against the Carolina Panthers in the early 2010s, but he's also just a cringy guy. He's just a cringy guy. He gets in all these commercials, Broncos country, let's ride. I mean, he's just a cringy dude. He's so stereotypical. I, I can't stand him again. I'm, I'm going back to my old ways. I don't know why I tried to switch up. Maybe it's just the Broncos uniform, but the Broncos have some serious problems. I mean, this is the set. I mean, they cannot move the ball down the field. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett has no idea what he's doing. I mean, honestly, the Broncos front office should have realized this. I mean, Matt LaFour, you know, Hackett came from Green Bay. Matt LaFour is calling the plays for Green Bay. 
He's the offensive mastermind behind Aaron Rodgers' success recently. Or in the past few years, not recently, granted. They're a run team now. The Packers, that is. But it's not Nathaniel Hackett. He was just a facilitator. He's just a quality coach. Honestly, that's how I see him. He has no idea what to do. I mean, coordinators, they don't work out. They work out more often than they they work they work out less often than they do obviously it's tough but this team is a freaking mess already lost Javante Williams saw Garrett Bowles or right one of their tackles not sure what side of the ball but valuable piece of their offensive line get carted off last night and just not good signs all around I mean I I take full blame for being wrong about the Broncos yes I understand but you cannot lose to a you cannot lose to a team as poorly coached and ran and quarterbacked as the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, no Jonathan Taylor either. And Matt Ryan looks like he is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz might be better, honestly. I mean, Matt Ryan looks like the most fragile quarterback I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. I That game was horrible. I mean, Twitter blew up about it, like, like as they should have, respectively so. But I don't even want to talk about the game anymore. I mean, it was miserable. I'll talk about, I kind of want to talk about uh, Sunday night's game from last week, which was the Bucks and, uh, Bucks and Chiefs, sorry. Tom Brady, really feeling bad for the guy. He and Gigi, word came out, he and Giselle, divorce lawyers. I, saw, I actually saw a funny, funny meme before I hopped on to record talking about is like Michael Jordan's flu game is a fluke, but Brady's divorce game this week against the Falcons is more what to talk about. So Brady divorce game, I mean, I'm starting him in my fantasy lineup. Divorce game, Brady is going nuts. Feel bad for him. Off-season rumors came to fruition. But you know what I respect about Brady? He loves the game. He loves the game. Yes, he loves his wife, but... He's devoted to the game. That's what made him has made him the greatest quarterback, greatest NFL player, greatest football player of all time. He's devoted to the game. He loves nothing else, and that's why he's been successful. I respect it. Yes, it sucks, family, whatever. But the game, the game, Brady, Brady in the game. That's what he wants, and I respect that a, a ton. They look Brady looks like he's back to where he was in that game, but Mahomes just. I mean, Andy Reid, offensive mastermind. I mean, it is unreal. That whole play where. Mahomes is calling out the Kelsey like, "What are you doing? Get right!" Like fake audibleing, then gets the the motion tight end Gray, I think, motions out and just takes the snap and just, I mean, it was just phenomenal. I mean, you can tell they practiced that. I mean, they looked perfect doing it. It was pretty cool. Chiefs look like the best team in football right now, but the Bucks are starting to get things together. But <laughs> just wanted to talk about Brady going in. <laughs> Going into all that stuff about the off season, but I think he'll he's in mid season form back where he back where he wants to be with his receivers healthy. So bucks bucks on the up going forward. So juice with Jones. All right, really excited about this section. Like we can talk about a lot of teams. So my first game in the one o'clock section: Steelers at Bills. The spread is fourteen, and I'm on the Steelers. I'm on the Steelers. Kenny Pickett first start. Yes, he threw three interceptions last week, but. That is not going to happen again. I mean, granted, two of them were just batted up balls. They didn't count. Kenny Pickett's first start is not going to go in a 14-point blowout fashion. I'm sorry. It's not happening. Mike Tomlin is an underdog. I'm taking that every time. 
The Bills, yes, they're dominant, and they blow teams out, but they also lost to the Steelers last year. I mean, Tomlin knows how to coach against another defensive coach, and the Bills have, been, Bills have had to come back in the games. I mean, yes, they the Dolphins came back on them in two weeks. They had to pull off a 20-point comeback against the Ravens last week. So... I just don't. I think there's not enough respect. There's too much respect given to the Bills here. I like the Steelers with the points, two touchdowns. Yes, please. Chargers at Browns. I'm taking the Browns plus two and a half here. Chargers still banged up. I mean, it sucks because you know this is a this is a big team coming in the year. They're showing not as bad as the Ravens were last year in regards of injury. But I like the Browns in this homes in this home dog spot. I mean, the Chargers allow five five point four yards per carry. And Cleveland's ground game is what makes him who I am, makes him who they are. Yes, Brissett can throw the ball, but he, he he makes bad decisions. He makes bad decisions like he did last weekend against Atlanta. Atlanta, feisty team, yes, but Cleveland had the better roster and just failed to come through. But I think they do bounce back here and cover the two and a half points against the Chargers. Yes, Browns, Browns compete, and I think they're going to run it down the Chargers' throat, which is their defensive flaw and the Browns' offensive upside. Third game, I'm taking the Saints. Saints minus five. Andy Dalton looked pretty pretty solid in his first start in London. Yeah, they're, yes, they're making the flight home. Yes, I know it's tough. But he had 71% passing completion. Used Chris Olave a ton, which I love, just since Olave is young and he's talented. I, he's going to target Olave a lot in this game. And we have to remember, the Seahawks are not, they're not a good team. I mean, we knew this coming in the year. I mean, Geno Smith, yes, he's been playing great. But he's been playing great against you know pretty incompetent defenses, given Atlanta and Detroit last week. I mean, God, that game was insane. No defense at all. But Geno Smith is still their quarterback, and they have a 70-year-old coach. I mean, yes, they have, they're playing with confidence right now, but I think a lot of the times the better team usually, win, usually wins. And I think in this case, Saints are the better team, and – you know, the Seahawks can win on the road. Yeah, they won, but Ford Field is no uh, Superdome. The Saints are eager for a win, and they're going to get it here, and they're going to cover the five points. Better team, I just like, like the Saints. Seahawks can't hang around like this for too long. Fourth game, Eagles at Cardinals. I'm sticking with the red-hot Eagles. I mean, I'll say I, I was bragging on the Eagles so much. I have them in my NFC Championship game. I mean, I love this team. Hurts is this freaking stud coming out party i mean how can you not back the red hot eagles i mean they average the cardinals average 4.8 yards per play and you know i'm stealing this from colin coward but that's a vegas stat yards per play absolutely you need to keep that in, and that 4.8 yards per play is in the bottom 30 it's 30th in the league right now unreal and the eagles average six and 6.1 yards per play so I mean, those are just two statistics to Vegas, and you know, Vegas in particular looks at, and this shows you the better offenses. And the you know, Eagles have a lockdown secondary. I mean, Kyler Murray literally looks like he has no freaking clue what to do without DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he looks lost. I think the Eagles beat him up. They cover the five points and can continue to stay hot despite going on the road. Additionally, the Cardinals have lost seven straight home games. I mean. Is there more that I need to say about the Eagles right now? I mean, they're just they're on top of their they're on top of their shit right now. I love the Eagles right now. Bengals and then it's the final fifth pick. Bengals at Ravens Sunday Night Football. I'm taking the Ravens minus three. Yes, Burrow completely destroyed the Ravens for 
941 passing yards and seven touchdowns across two games last year, one of which when he threw 500-plus passing yards. Unreal. I just Bengals are 31st in rushing offense. They have no – I mean, we saw last night – or saw last – so a week from yesterday on Thursday Night Football, Dolphins at Bengals. They, they just they – don't, they don't move the ball. I mean, they're a big play team still. They still are. They haven't figured out the grunt game. They're 31st in rushing offense. You get third and long, third and eight, third and seven. You're getting put in these situations that aren't manageable where the Ravens can run down your throat. They have elusive quarterback. Lamar is playing like a complete stud right now. I love the Ravens in this spot. They're going to bounce back. They've gotten screwed over the past few games. They're going to bounce back, cover the spread, and get a convincing W against pretty you know, mediocre Bengals team for right now, in my opinion. Just have them figure some things out. Offensive line is shaky, and Ravens defense is also much more talented than Bengals. I'm liking the Ravens. So follow that up. The Juice with Jones, Steelers plus 14, Browns plus 2.5, Saints minus 5, Eagles minus 5, and Ravens minus 3. So hanging around some favorites, hanging around some favorites, but also like some dogs here. But I don't know. NFL's going going pretty well uh, for myself. But, I mean, one team I got I to gotta talk about is the Carolina Panthers. I mean, they are – I just I can't even watch the games and you know I I hate to say that because you know you want to you want to have a team that you love and back all the time but it's it's impossible I mean Baker literally had nine balls batted down the line of scrimmage yesterday most in his career I mean what the Baker's career is over his career is over I mean I have no faith in him I mean we should have knew I mean yes Baker's you know got this big image whatever but we should have knew this coming in I mean before his passer rating thirty first yards complete I mean it's, it's a whole lot of statistics that were bottom of the league before he began with. I'm interested to see what happens with Darnold. Darnold apparently, Darnold is nowhere near being to come up. He's eligible to come off the IR, but he's nowhere near being football ready. So it might be it's going to be a long season. I almost wish Corral were healthy, but it's been a struggle. I Mac, Ben McAdoo is a clueless. He's clueless as shit. It's been really frustrating. Defense has looked pretty good. Two defensive touchdowns in the past couple weeks here, but. Got the San Francisco Niners coming to town, and they have the best defense in the NFL, in my opinion, right now. And if you're going against the worst offense, I don't see the Panthers can generate anything to keep up with them. I, I have, I've lost faith. I mean, ugh, it's been it's been tough to be a Panthers fan the past couple of years, but maybe there's some change looming. Rule will probably be out pretty soon. Can't can't suffer this many home losses and uh, be satisfied. So. That's about what I got for the NFL this week. You know, just cruising along the season, just like college football. So excited to see what what we're in store. Maybe the Panthers pull off a huge underdog upset, but I mean, I literally have two percent confidence confidence in that happening. But gonna wrap it up here with some MLB, just because the playoffs are starting, and just I mean, who doesn't love October baseball? So gonna give you my predictions and run through some of the games that are on today on Friday, and uh, yeah, we'll get right into it. So the interesting thing about the MLB playoffs this year is that they added a second team. So compared to last year, they had last year you would have the top the second and third division winners based on record. The first division winner would get or you know, the the division leader with the most wins would get a bye and then they would play in a wild card game. So this year they added another wild card game. 
So the third division team plays the the last wild card team to get in, and the four and five seeds who would you know get in last year uh, play each other, and they go and play the one seed. So right now I'm looking at it. So and the cool thing about the wild card series are best out of three, so they're gonna go quick. If you take game one, I mean, who knows? I doubt many teams will be able to come back from a two game deficit. And the cool thing about it is all so the higher seed, all games are at home for them, so they get three straight home games. Just pretty cool. So, uh, from the American League side, the Guardians and Rays already played today. Guardians took game one, two to one. Pretty just pitching matchup. Uh, Shane Bieber dominated. It was pretty cool. So, they'll go the winner of that series, looking like the Guardians. Rays have had a pretty poor end of their season, losing a, a ton of games consecutively, and just not looking like you know the Rays we've seen in the playoffs in, in years past. But... So I'm saying the Guardians are going to play the Yankees, and then the other wild card series is the Mariners versus Blue Jays, and the Mariners have made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. Congrats, Mariners! Uh, went on a you know 14, 15 game winning streak this year, which is mightily impressive. Um, got a got a young core and some pretty good arms. Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray. Robbie Robbie Ray will be starting today. I'm pretty sure against Alex Alec Manoa. But this Blue Jays roster. Um, is very talented. Uh, Bobochet, Vladdy, Vladdy Jr., I mean, up and down. Great pitching depth as well with Gosman and Manoa. So I see the Blue Jays winning the series, and then I see the Blue Jays versus the Astros. As far as the Guardians and, and Yankee series goes, I mean, the Yankees have had an abysmal uh, collapse their season. Yes, they're, they're still sud. Aaron Judge, 62 home runs. That's mightily impressive. Record breaker. Glad he got that done. Good for him. But this Yankees team is lacking a lot of depth um, in their bullpen, a lot of shakiness. They don't have a lot of depth in their infield either. And Garrett Cole, their their best arm, is always kind of hit or miss. So I honestly think the Guardians, who's a team that's been hot as of late, could, could win this series and advance to ALCS. I like the Guardians as a sleeper team in this year's postseason, just given how how well they're coached and how bad they bat, how hard they battle in most of their games. So, like, the Guardians advance to ALCS. And then as far as the Blue Jays-Astros series goes, I like the Astros to move on. Just because they're a 101 baseball club, once again, they have the core. No, no Carlos Correa this postseason, first time in a while for them without him. But they've got the pitching. They've got the bats. I love this Astros team. Um, so I expect them to go back to the championship series. So we've got a Guardians-Astros um, American League Championship Series, and I think the Astros are going back to the playoff or back to the World Series. I had them a few weeks ago when I had uh, episode one when I was making my predictions from the end of August. Um, I had the Astros going back. I just think they're the most talented uh, team in this divi- in this league, the American League, and they'll just take care of it. I mean, it is a weaker American League, and the Astros know how to win in October. I think that's pretty clear. So I think they take care of it and get back to the World Series. So on the opposite side of the bracket in the National League, right now I'm actually watching the Phillies-Cardinals game, and um, it's, it's going to be a pretty good one, pretty good pitching matchup going on here. Cardinals, you know, kind of a uh, pretty pretty streaky team towards the end of the year. Uh, caught a lot of caught a lot of fire in the second half, and then you know a lot of you know it's kind of like end of an era in St. Louis with Yachty and Wainwright and Pujols all back together, which you know could 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 create some October magic. But this Phillies team is pretty solid offensively. Harper, Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber had 46 bombs this year. 
massive total. And they got the bats. Zach Wheeler's pitching great right now. And I don't know. Cardinals literally have two MVPs on their team. I think the Cardinals advanced past the series, but it'll be a close series, no doubt. And then the winner of that series is going to play my Atlanta Braves, who are absolutely on freaking fire right now. I love it. It's the best time to be hot. Um, we'll get back to the Braves in a second. But the other wildcard matchup is the Padres versus Mets. Mets got really strong pitching to Grom, Scherzer, Bassett, Carrasco, Money. Uh, but the Padres, you know, they got talented. Made a huge offseason acquisition for or midseason acquisition for Soto. Uh, Josh Hader as well. They have, I mean, they have a bunch of star power, but I feel like the Padres are probably a year behind without Tatis, or year too for year too far ahead for where they want to be without Tatis getting suspended for eighty games. So I think the Mets cruise past the series, just given how how strong their starting pitching depth is, and that they will. I think the Mets will face the Dodgers. So going back, I think Cardinals versus Braves. I mean, the Braves are playing absolutely incredible baseball. I don't see a weakness on their team. Everything's kind of coming together, kind of like how it was last year. Guys are getting hot at the right time. Specifically, specifically Matt Olson and Dansby are hitting the shit out of the ball. So I think the Braves take care of the Cardinals, get back to the championship series. And then I think the Mets versus Dodgers series will be uh, pretty interesting, given the fact that I mean, the Dodgers, most wins in baseball, 110 wins, and most in their franchise history. Really big, really great season for the Dodgers, but they haven't really played competitive baseball. You know, the Braves have been in a division race and they're playing with, you know, playing with motivation. And I feel like that helps ball clubs a ton. And it's kind of hurting the Dodgers right now. So I feel like that series could honestly go six or seven games. I think the Dodgers will pull it out just given how how strong their roster is. But be a tough series. So I think the Braves move on past the Cardinals and the Dodgers move on past the Mets. And then we're back in the CS matchup, Braves versus Dodgers. And I, I just think the Braves are a hotter team. They've, they have confidence over beating the Dodgers last year. And I think they do it again. Braves are going back. So I'm going to have actually a World Series matchup, Braves-Astros again. And I just don't see how this Braves team can lose. They just, they're all coming together at the right time perfectly. They have the arms. They're healthy. Albies should be back in a couple days. I'm just liking where this Braves team is at. They're loving the time off they got from clinching the NL East. I absolutely love the Braves right now. They're going to win it all again. I mean, yes, I'm biased. I'm a Braves fan, but can you blame me? I mean, they are the hottest team in baseball right now, up there with Cleveland for sure. But I'm seeing a repeat. It hasn't happened in a while, but that's what I'm liking. But, you know, in general, really excited for postseason baseball. I mean, so many things can happen. Baseball is the craziest game. I mean, one play changes a game entirely. But really excited for October baseball. Really excited for, I know, these next coming weeks of college football and NFL. But, you know, with that said, just a little short episode. Felt pretty good to do a solo episode. But really glad you guys could stick around. But this is your host, Reeves Jones, on the Jones Zone.